Hello, beautiful. I'm your host and mindset coach, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We are a space of women empowering women, and each week we feature an empowered woman's vulnerable story because it's important to have these conversations so that we can learn and grow from one another. So subscribe right now to get your weekly dose of inspiration. So before we jump into this week's episode, which is going to be amazing, I absolutely loved the conversation with this week's guest. I want to let you guys know that I have got one open one-to-one spot left from my new program, The Vibrancy Method, that I launched a few weeks back. So if you are looking to achieve more than you ever have in your entire life, if you are looking to get into alignment, if you are looking to release those pesky patterns that have been holding you back over and over and over again, reach out, DM me, let me know, and let's have a conversation to see whether or not this program is a good fit for you. The women I have been working with have had the most transformational results, and I just feel so blessed that that I'm able to share everything I've learned over the years because these tools and these things that I teach my clients are the exact things that have changed and transformed my life. So I just feel so blessed, especially with 2020. 2020 will always be looked back at the year where I feel like shit hit the fan. It's like the year where, you know, the world was just like, what happened? The world stopped and the craziness that ensued with the pandemic and everything. But because of the inner work and the time and the energy that I took to invest in myself, you know, to be honest, it has been one of the best years of my life. Not necessarily the easiest, but the best because I know when adversity happens. I know when there's a breakdown. I know when there's like, when you're at a block and you're just at that point of resistance where nothing seems to be working, that there's a breakthrough right around the corner. And I really embrace the challenges. And if you are listening and you are at a point where you are feeling like you are challenged, you feel like you're sort of up against a wall or you're just stuck with where you are, that's actually one of the best places to be because that is where the growth is happening. So I invite you in this moment to reframe that situation and ask yourself, what is the gift that is here? Because I promise you that there is a gift within it. So on that note, DM me if you have any questions about the program. I'm more than happy to talk to you about it. And on that note, let's get into this week's episode. So I'm really excited about this conversation. It was so feminine and juicy. Petya Kolibova is here. And the minute that we got on this call, we were immediately soul sisters. (laughs) We have such a similar vibe. I absolutely loved her. And we just, you know, when you meet somebody and you're like, yeah, okay, we're friends immediately. That's what it was like with Petya. So she is a transformational coach who helps women who have been pushed down and been playing it small due to toxic relationships or unhealed childhood trauma helps them create a life that is true to their soul's purpose. She uses feminine flow and masculine strategies to really get there. And you guys, you're going to love the conversation. Like I said, we talk about the getting to the root of toxic relationships and doing the healing work there in order to create change on the outside, the essence of your true desires, uh, the different phases in life, the shoulds, 
the I have and the I could. That was a really interesting framework that I really liked. The essence of abundance and what does it mean to really, truly tap into abundance. Plus, she's going to be sharing her top three most powerful money hacks with you. So if you are looking, bring more moolah into your life, then you are definitely going to want to listen to the end of this episode. And if you love what you hear, share it with a girlfriend. We are all about sharing valuable resources, valuable knowledge. Honestly, I always say this, but the best books I read, the best podcast episodes I listen to, you know, the life-changing things I get always or mostly always come from my friends and recommendations. So be a good friend, pay it forward, and pass this episode on to them. So on that note, let's get to it. Okay, my dear, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for joining me today. I wouldn't miss it for a world. I'm so excited about today's talk. We were already chatting before this interview and we're already so on the same page. And I just can't wait to hear your message. I can't wait to hear your story because you are so my vibe. (laughs) So I would love if you could share how you ended up in the line of work and everything you're doing. Thank you so much, you know, for asking such a great question. And it's so fascinating because you know how you hear the stories of the entrepreneurs who were like selling newspapers and selling the rocks to the neighbors that they stole from the neighbors at the first place. I was never an entrepreneur. I was never planning to do anything extraordinary in life. Yet I had always this deep, deep feeling that I'm meant for more. There must be more in life than what I was just seeing in Czech Republic where I grow up. That's where my ex is <laughs> from. Many people are wondering. So when I was growing up, you know, all I could see is just like people like pushing through and accepting hardship. And, you know, Czech Republic, it's in center of the Europe. It's not like third world and poor country. It's beautiful country and now it's blooming. But when I was growing up, All I could see is just people pushing through and there was so much small mindset and so much comparing and jealousy. And I just so didn't resonate with it. So when I was 20, I moved to London and then I moved to Spain that I mentioned to you. I lived there for four years and then now I'm 11 years here in United States. But I always like kind of kept my head down because the way I was raised was physically and mentally abused by my stepfather, which led me to believe that I'm unlovable, unworthy, that I don't matter, which led to eating disorder, toxic relationship, you know, attempt of suicide, all of the darkness, like going through me for almost three decades. And I end up doing what I'm doing now, coaching women, because that's something that I really needed myself. In those dark moments, I needed somebody just to give me hope because sometimes that's all you need. You don't need all the advice and strategies. You just need somebody to hold your hand and sit with you and feel you and nurture you and mm. like feel that cup when you are really on a complete bottom. And that's someone who I became. Not only I help women with their business strategies, but I always tell them, honestly, business, it's the cherry on the top. Mm-hmm. If you're not fulfilled and if you're truly not embodying and loving yourself, you will never be happy ever. Mm-hmm. So I just became someone who I needed on my journey, somebody who I prayed for. 
So then what did that look like for you? Was it a catalyst? Was it a book you read? Was it someone, a teacher that you came across that really had that impact? Like there's always a moment where you're at that rock bottom and then you, you find something there. There's a nugget or wisdom that is that catalyst. What was it for you? I love it. She was like, I know there was something. There's something. (laughs) Yeah, there was something. So for me, it was, I was so badly like deep inside of my eating disorder that I was getting into such a dark space that I'm like, I cannot live like this. I just can't. So I realized that um, something has to change. So I started to look on Google and, you know, this was like back a decade ago, 10 years ago, it wasn't as easy as typing in on Instagram right now. And you get 10 influencers who have like different tips and, and, you know, strategies back then it was more of like Google and YouTube. So I started to look for like how to be happy, how to let go of suicidal thoughts, how to, you know, heal yourself, how to, um, create, like life on your own terms, like all these things, because I didn't know. And luckily, yes, I found um, Louise Hay. Oh, amazing. She was the catalyst of everything because one of those nights, you know, after binging and purging and I was sitting on the floor and crying and I was looking in my computer sitting on the floor and I found her video and I started to watch it. And she said there her famous like phrase, go to the mirror and say, I love you. Mm. I didn't even get up my booty, Samantha, because I, I didn't love myself. I didn't like myself. I didn't even accept it myself. And that was a moment that I realized, I'm like, wow. So I don't love myself, but I want my friends to love me. I want my coworkers to love me. I want my boyfriend to love me. I want everybody to love me because I cannot love myself. Why? So that's what it started. But of course, it wasn't like, now you know, and now you do better, right? Like, oh, tomorrow I'm feeling amazing. So it really took me a decade to be where I am today. And I wish it would be like faster journey. And it didn't take me 10 years to love me and build a six-figure business and all of the goodness that I have in my life. But it took years to be, it's it's like peeling of the old layers. Mm-hmm. Of what was not your truth? What you heard, what you saw, what you were told, And then rewriting that and really asking yourself, who am I? Mm -hmm. Really, when I'm not everything for everyone, recovering people pleaser, you know, here, um, I had to dig really deep to to find that. So um, that's where my journey really started 10 years ago. And, And even though I was on the journey, I still went through toxic relationship, you know, happily divorced right here, you know, with narcissists. And I was still attracting these experiences, yet I treasure them. You know, I wouldn't change anything about it because it really allowed me to be as deep and compassionate and loyal and nurturing as I am today. Mm -hmm. And so that was the biggest catalyst, you know, and with Louise Hay, you know her, like, Whole Hay House came into my house, like Dr. Jody Spencer, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Gabby Bernstein, Tony Robbins, all of these beautiful people. And I was basically brainwashing myself, literally. Yeah. Well, and that's what you had to do. And I love that you say you had to peel it back layer by layer because that's really what it is. And I find that life is that reflection. So you, at one point, because there was the pain from the root of it, would have maybe attracted a partner who was a toxic situation because there's a part of you that was actually looking to get healed. Mm -hmm. And when you can look at, you know, your situation and your experience with that, like that loving lens and realize, I feel like it's such an empowered stance. Mm -hmm. 
I want to kind of talk about the toxic relationship because I feel like so many people are in dynamics that are toxic, but they don't necessarily see it because it's sort of like when you're when you're in it, it's like a fish in the water doesn't know they're in water, right? You cannot see it. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It usually starts with your childhood, right? And you could have the best loving, nurturing parents ever. And if yes, good for you. Hopefully you have an amazing relationship with them right now. But it really starts with the childhood because many of us didn't get what we needed on our journey, what we wanted, not what we needed. We got what we needed, but we didn't get what we wanted. And it can be trauma. It can be mental and physical traumas, but it can be as easy as you go to Costco with your parents and you get lost and you have the sense of abandonment. And then you're carrying it in other relationships because that's what's known and that's what's comfortable. And comfortable doesn't always mean safe. So for example, when I was in toxic relationships, because it reminded me of my stepfather who was narcissist and who was physically and mentally abusive. So I was looking and it wasn't conscious. I wasn't like looking for like, I want a man who will be abusing me. I want a man who will disrespect me. It was really going off what I know and what feels familiar, you're pulled into that. So that's how it usually starts. But it can be also dynamics in in a school, in a high school, if you had a great childhood, and then you go through the school, and you're going through this discovery period, who am I? Why did I came here? And you are seeing other people having that clarity and perceived confidence. You're like, well, they must be doing something right. And I'm attracted to them. It's like, this magnet into, I want to know why I'm here. I want to know what is my purpose. And that person who is a football player or that girl who is the Barbie of the class, they seem so confident. They seem to carry themselves so confidently. I want to be around them. I want to be with them. I'll do anything because they seem to have what I'm missing. So mm-hmm. it can be those dynamics, you know, in, in a school too. But it's usually when we are growing up, when we adapt those. Hmm. So what do you recommend to do to heal, like to bring the awareness and to heal the root patterns that keep playing out? Mm -hmm. Such a great question. And the first you really get to get an awareness. I remember one time I asked my client, she was in relationship and I don't tell my clients what to do. I hold a safe space and I listen, right? And then we can share how we feel. But when I was listening to her in my mind, in my heart, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a right fit, right? But who am I to decide? So I asked her, if nothing ever changes in your relationship, are you okay with that? And she was like, no. I'm like, okay, why you're in it? (laughs) Because that's the thing. Very often as women, we're so loving, we're so nurturing and we are wired like, hey, I don't love being alone. I want to be protected. I want to be provided. It's like our nature, right? Mm -hmm. And then other topic would be when we are not looking for it in a man, we embodying it. And, And that's what I did in the past, embodying the masculine energy and becoming the fixer, becoming the provider, becoming the protector. And then... You get to go back into your feminine flow. That's what I'm teaching my clients now, how to go back into the trust and receiving, allowing and being the goddess that they really are. Mm. But when you're in it, you really get to ask yourself, if this is it, if my partner never changed, if nothing ever changes, am I okay with that? If not, you get to ask yourself, what is the one thing that weights me down the most? 
Because I remember once I went to um, yoga for the first time I went to yin yoga, no idea what it is. I was always like, go, go, go and, you know, work hard and and high intensity interval trainings and stuff like that. So I'm like, probably I get to slow down, you know. Um, So I did the yin yoga and this teacher says, right at the beginning of the class, this is a 60 minutes. This is your time for you. Whatever weights you down, put it on the side of your map. You can always pick it up later. First thought was my husband. I'm like, uh oh. And that was the first time that I realized that he is the one who really weights me down. He's the one who doesn't let me breathe. I felt even guilty going to this yoga class because I went to be happy without him, right? Mm-hmm. The, so the first step, it's like asking yourself, am I okay with my life? If not, what is the one thing that really weights me down the most? When you look at the thing, ask yourself, what is the safest way? to shift from this because Mm. not always Samantha we have that option to just like screw you I'm out not always sometimes there is you know like material things in common sometimes it's kids in common and sometimes it's just a fear really like who likes to be alone right and especially if you invest so much time energy very often money in the relationship to leave so asking yourself what is the safest way to start like working on this. And sometimes it can be listening to the podcast. Sometimes it can be hiring a mentor. Sometimes it can be reading books like codependent no more, you know, Mm -hmm. what is the safest way? Because if you realize there is a challenge, usually these challenges were growing in weeks and months and sometimes years or imagine decades your whole life, right? Life goes by really quick. And that's the thing when you don't realize it. And I feel like so many people, you could stay in a situation, whether it's, let's say a relationship, let's say it's a job, let's say it's a friendship, even like just in a situation, hoping that it'll change. So I think that first question that you ask is so freaking powerful because it's like, are you okay if it doesn't change? Mm -hmm. And then that's like the awareness piece of like, oh, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Yep. If you would have asked me, Samantha, like five years ago, I wouldn't be okay with that. This is the first time in my life that if nothing ever changes, I'm good. I'm so happy. I'm so fulfilled. And it's the first time ever, really. And I'm 36. So it's, you know, it's not like you go into these phases and you come out you really get to do the inner work because the inner work is going to reflect on the outside and everything I want in my life, it's just to upgrade, you know, like a bigger house, bigger car or bringing up a couple babies or like wedding, whatever. These are like extras, but everything I need, everything I ever prayed for, I have it now. And you know, the thing I want to highlight with that, it's an inside job. It's an inside game. Like when you say all these extra things, it's like all of that could be there, couldn't be there, but I'm good with or without it. Yes. Yes, exactly. And the moment that you're good without it, that's when you get it easily. You know, like, yes. like when you bring in the level of attraction, the woman side of it, it's the detachment. You know, when you're not attached, what your life should look like when you focus on the essence. I always tell my clients, you need to focus on the essence. What is the essence of your true core desires? And are these really your desires or you are desiring it because your parents wanted you to do that or because you think you should do that. And it's so funny. 
it's fascinating for me to realize that I saw throughout my journey and I see it on my clients too. We start our life doing the things that we have to do. Like you're a little kid. You cannot choose if you're eating at 1 p.m. or 3 p.m. You have to do it because mom brings the lunch at 1 p.m. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to do that. You have to go to school. You don't have choices. We start our life in the have to. Mm -hmm. Then we move into should. Mm-hmm. I should go to the college. I should like release weight. I should be in relationship. I should get married. We're living in the shoots. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start personal and spiritual development, you move from I have to, should, you move into I could. Huh. Mm-hmm. I could be in relationship if I want or no. I could go to this job or not. So it's like I have to, I should, then I could. But the could is dangerous too. Mm. Just think about it because sometimes we are doing the coulds because it's the easy way out. Mm. I could do this job because it pays me well and it's nine to five. And who cares that I love empowering women? Who cares I love painting? Who cares I love writing? You know, I will just put it in the back burner. I'm so busy in my job. So you're living in, the world of I could, but that's sometimes dangerous. That's what I did with my first business. Mm-hmm. I had social media marketing. I was really good at it. I love relationship building. You know, I love helping people and really helping them with social media presence. And what happens, I would I was good in that. So I was comfortable. But mm-hmm. I was I was working like a donkey, like seven days a week, always with my phone in hand, no private life, no nothing. So I was stuck in the I could, mm-hmm. you know. But then you move to the next stage. I knew there's another one. I'm waiting. There's another one. Okay. There must be something else. Okay. If we are not stuck, what is it? You know? And then the really, really last stage, it's when you ask yourself, like, what could I? Mm. You know, it's not like I could do this, but what? Like really asking yourself. And it brings you back to your like soul core desires. Mm -hmm. What could I do? Where could I live? Who could Mm -hmm. I be? The last stage, it's really about being. Mm -hmm. Because the first stage is about having and doing. The last stage is in being. You tap into Mm -hmm. being and then you can do, be and have really anything and everything you want. Because let's go back to that example that I give you in a school. We are following people who are confident and we think they're certain Nine out of 10 people, they have no freaking idea what they're doing, right? And you will never have it all together. But the challenge is we look at other people and like, oh, you're beautiful or you're smart or you're rich. You have it all figured out. And Mm -hmm. we get so stuck on other people, then we don't come back into who we really are. So imagine you're in this beingness when you embody this confidence of this is who I am. You either take it or you leave it and I don't care. But it's not because I'm arrogant that I don't care, but it's because I care so deeply. This is so funny. Exactly. Like we're, we so speak the same language, but what I love about this is that there's different ways, different language, different stories to it, but the same message. And for me, like everything you're sharing, like this is just, there's so many universal truths because I know it through my experience, but in a different way, but it's the same truth underneath, Mm. you know, like it all comes back to doing the inner work. Like you said, Louise, hey, go to the mirror and really love yourself mm-hmm. first. And then from that place, you know, go out into the world and, and shine. 
Yes, I love it so much. And she gave me so much hope of like seeing this like older, fragile lady starting her life in her 50s and healing herself from cancer, right? And then literally saving the world, you know, she saved so many lives. She gives me so much hope of what one person can do. Because I don't know about you, Samantha, but sometimes I feel like, can I really do it? Does it really make a difference? You know, because we're looking at people like, look at Tony Robbins, right? He's impacting millions of people. And you're like, oh my gosh, does it even matter that I'm helping like 15 clients, right? Does it even matter on a bigger scale? And we doubt ourselves, but one person that it's really connected with their truth and with their inner knowingness, it's going to enlighten more than one person that it's not like millions because your light, it's going to enlighten the others. So it's beautiful. It totally has that ripple effect too. And that said, there's a day, let's say Tony Robbins or even Louise, like there's a day where they started with one person. And that's another thing. I find so many people can let that first step. I know it can feel scary, but it holds you back. But Mm. it's a matter of just taking the next step and the next step and the next step. And you don't know the ripple effect of the impact that you can have. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. So one thing, and I love this because you kind of highlighted it, but another big part of your you know, everything that you're doing is about abundance and the essence of abundance. So can we talk about that? What does it mean to be abundant to you? Yes, please. And thank you. Like I want to go there. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love this topic, you know, because for me in the past, abundance, I was thinking, I was personally thinking abundance is have more than enough money, right? Like to have a big house, to have a big car. That's how I was raised and how I grown up. But then I realized on my journey that there were times that I have a lot of money in my life, like not millionaire, but I had like five figures, six figures, you know, and I wasn't fulfilled. And I was wondering like, what is wrong with me? But I was focusing only on one aspect of the abundance. So when you look at abundance, it has a different spectrums because you get to think about your health. You get to think about your relationship. Yes, your finances, but also about contribution. You know how happy it makes me when I can send monthly money to Bali to the kids, when I can, I retire my mom. I told her, you don't have to ever work again if you don't want to, you know, she's working just a couple hours a week because she loves the collection but she doesn't have to. And having an amazing team of people that are supporting my business. So that's about fulfillment and contribution. So there are different aspects of the abundance life, but abundant life, but it's really the richness of life that you can enjoy only when you're in love with yourself and with life, because that's when you really realize how much is to celebrate out there. So abundance Yes, I teach my clients about money and about attraction of money and how to have a relationship with money. I have a freebie about relationship with money. I released it this week so I can send it to you. It's about taking money on a date because it changed my life. Girl, going on a date with money, you would like not believe it. I started to do this in July last year. Okay. I started to do that. I write down my like desires, right? Like part of the date, it's like writing down the desires. Like what is your short-term goals? What is your long-term goals? Write a letter to money. And then what would you do when you have more than enough money? So I was looking back in July 27 when I started and I was saying there, when I have more than enough money, I will eat all organic and I will have a mentor who are supporting me in my health and my business and my growth. I will uh, be sending hundreds of dollars to my mom in Czech Republic 
last year this was like not a case, right? That I could like freely send money. And uh, like many like other things, like I will be getting massages and I will have an incredible team. Back then I had like two people helping me. Now I have 11 people on my team. So everything that I wrote down and I said that I am making $15,000 on a consistent basis or more. Now that I look back, everything from what I would do when I have more than enough money, everything is done. Besides me buying a house to my grandma, that manifestation, it's still like getting birthed. Okay. (laughs) That's a little bit bigger, but everything else happened. And now I made like $30,000 a month, which last year, if you would have told me, I'm like, what? So having a date and having a time with money, it's so important because it's like with any relationship, right? If you want your relationship to work, you get to work on it. Mm-hmm. So how would you heal the relationship with money? So if somebody is listening right now and they're like, you can feel someone is listening to this and they can feel like whether it's, you know, debt, bills, just in general, that heaviness that can often come with it. Mm-hmm. What is your recommendation to heal that? So two things that I'm hearing, how to heal the relationship, and then I hear the depth, okay? So two things that I want to talk about. So the first one is acknowledging where you are. So when you're in relationship, you would also look at where you are to see where you want to be. Like, ideally, you're in loving, loyal, a fun relationship when you really enjoy and, and you trust each other, and it's just enjoyable to be about around each other, right? But very often, we don't check out our bills, we don't look at our credit cards. We're like fingers crossed, hoping that it will somehow work this month, you know, and the challenge is that it doesn't matter how much money you're making, because if you don't have a good loving relationship with money, the more you make, the more you will spend because you're getting rid of money for some reason. That would be like another long episode, but that would be the first having awareness where you really are and write a forgiveness letter to money. Most of us, we don't start with love letter right now. I can write a love letter to money, but it took months to healing that relationship. So starting it's recognizing where you are. And when I wrote the first time, the letter to money, I said, thank you so much for your patience with me when I'm learning how to respect you, how to treat you, how to love you. Thank you for being always there for me, even when I'm pushing you away, even when I don't know how to treat you, even when I don't know how to be around you. So I would write like a long list that would like be forgiveness. So that's the first part. Don't blame yourself. Don't guilt yourself. Don't feel ashamed of where you are. Where you are, it's perfect. You needed it on your journey, but Mm -hmm. now you can choose again and choose differently. Mm -hmm. So the first step, it's really checking with where you are. Mm -hmm. If money would treat you the way you're treating it, if somebody would treat you the way you treat money, would you be okay with that? I wouldn't be. I would so powerful. It's like ignoring. Imagine you're dating someone, okay? You're dating someone. It's like amazing. You go for dinners and then there is like a mouth month that this person doesn't speak to you at all. And then they call you like, hey, where are you? Where have you been this whole time? And you're like, well, you didn't call me or text me. What's happening? So you have such a confusing relationship with money. So ask yourself, The way I'm treating money, do I want to be treated? Most of the times, no. So how can I make it better right now? You're not going to go from feeling guilty, ashamed, and ignoring money into loving, loyal relationship. It will take time and it's okay. You can go to therapy with your money, right? Let's talk this through, how you're feeling, right? And I know it might sound funny. And besides you, money, it's the one thing that will be here for the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. 
People can come, people can go, my, uh, you know, works, jobs, career, come and go. It can change, but money or some kind of exchange is going to be always there. So mm-hmm. start working on it now and first start with the awareness and then with the forgiveness. And then the second part I absolutely love you mentioned is the depth because people are feeling so guilty and so ashamed and the guilt and shame. It's keeping you in this never-ending cycle that, you know, you you just do your minimum payments and you're like $100,000 in debt and you're feeling so bad. So that bad feeling weights you down and it doesn't let you see the new possibilities and prosperity. You don't allow prosperity to come in because you're so stuck on how bad it feels mm-hmm. to pay your bills and have this debt. So what I love to do, it's write down how this debt made this world better. Not only how it make your life better. That's amazing. Please write it down. Is it a school? Was it your business? Maybe you were, listen, I've been there. You were in relationship and you just wanted to be buying love. I did it. Thousands mm-hmm. and thousands and thousands of dollars that I invested in my partner because I felt unlovable and unworthy and I would buy everything, the trips, the food, I paid the rent, everything pays it all. So there is no shame in that. We needed that experience. So mm-hmm. write down how this money that is in, you know, depth made the world a better place. Maybe mm-hmm. it made you feel loved. Maybe it allowed you the trips. Maybe it allowed you to study. Maybe it allowed you to wear a, a beautiful, fancy clothes, eating in an amazing restaurant, whatever it was for you, but also for the world. Because I invested in my school, the teachers could have a salary. Because mm-hmm. I invested in a clothes, the fashion designer could live her dream. Because if you don't buy the clothes, if you don't buy the shoes, if you don't buy the jewelry, the people who dream about selling it cannot live their dreams. So you're a supporter of a dreams. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. I am loving it. I am loving it. And that's actually one of the money manifestation tips that I'm thinking about. Even when you spend money, if you go to the grocery store, if you have anything, just think of like the the chain of the people where this goes. And when you have that gratitude, like it's a different vibration that you're putting out as opposed to shame or guilt or, you know, whatever it is. And usually when we spend money, you know, a lot of times it does give us joy in the moment. But it's like, you know, a cup a little bit later that the anxiety can creep up, right? And it's that like block, that shame energy that can really weigh us down. Yeah. And I love that. And that's something that I'm telling my clients, you know, when you go somewhere, like you're investing money, imagine like the chain of the people you're supporting. It's so beautiful. And another thing to check in with yourself, it's, am I investing the money from place of fear or place of love? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I was spending money in the past, it was from place of fear. If I don't pay for this date, if I don't pay for this trip, I'm not going to go anywhere. That was my belief. If I don't pay for relationships, I'm not going to have a relationship, right? So I really had to look at why I'm investing the money. Now I ask myself, will this make my life better? Will this make a difference? You can see it behind me. Like it's like a mini jungle, my office and my boyfriend. He's like, honey, how many plants you're planning to get? Because like a few weeks ago, I got like 11 new baby plants. So much life in the background there. Yes. And I'm like, um, never because it makes me feel higher vibration. So I buy them from place of love, not need. I want them. I don't need them. But when I am feeling better, I'm performing better for my clients, for the world, for the interviews, for the summits, everything I'm doing, it's better 
because I'm feeling better. So I don't go out there and I don't do it anymore. I used to like hundreds of dollars in Lululemon and Tivana and whatever, like cosmetics, right? I don't do that anymore. But if I love leggings and I want to have them in couple colors, I'll do it, but not from place of need. So check in with yourself before you invest in something. And usually I also suggest give yourself some space. You know, give yourself some space before you buy something. Yeah, there might be times that you need to decide like right now, like I want to get an Airbnb and I don't have a week to think about it. But also I believe it's something it's meant for you. It's going to be yours and be there or something even better. But I give myself time. Usually I put something on a wish list on Amazon because like they're tricky, like buy now with one click, you know, like you click <laughs> on it and everything. It's so instantaneous, even the instant gratification. So if you want to invest in something, is it going to really make me feel better? Like long-term, not just like in a moment, is it going to increase the quality of my life? Is it going to increase my performance? Do I really need it? Right. So check in with yourself before you click the buy button. Mm -hmm. And I think it really comes down to like the point we were talking before, like you said, like you can have all of those other things, the bigger house, the car, the, you know, all these other things, but at the end of the day, you're happy inside with you and that's priceless. Mm -hmm. So when you get to that point of all around self-love and you come from that place of gratitude and that vibration, there's a freedom within it. Yes. And that's something that we're all striving for. I don't care if you want a bigger house or car, or if you want to get married, or if you want to work for yourself, everything goes back into, we are freedom seekers and totally. creators, you know, so you want to be creative, meaning you want to express yourself in your full expression and you want to be free living in your freedom. So if one of those two is missing, you're feeling that there is something missing. And you cannot usually pinpoint it, you know, because it's not like you're like, well, I have the work and I have the relationship. So what's wrong with me? We are looking at what's wrong with us instead of going within and looking and what really brings you the fulfillment and joy. So if we were to go and I love that, but if we were to go and say, give three like super tangible, easy money tips that you could give right now um, on top of what you shared that I could incorporate even in my day-to-day? What are three little hacks, but powerful hacks that you have? Powerful. Um, first thing come first, it's create a space for money. If you want more abundance for in your life, you get to create space for it. So go check in your wallet. Is there really space? Is there like crumbled all receipts? Like, how does it really feel? Would money want to hang out there? Is it really pretty? Is it like really super old wallet that you're saving from your grandma, you know, and money doesn't want to go hang out there because it's dirty and all, right? So that would be the first. And then we expand it a little bit and to create a space. Like, how does your bedroom like? How does your office look like? Because money is energy and abundance. It's energy. It's how you feel. So when you feel crumbled and I don't have enough space, what you're telling the universe, don't give me any more of anything. Mm -hmm. I cannot handle this. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling tired to create a space, organize things, let go of clothes, you know, let go of all things that really weighed you down. So that would be the next one. And the following one would be check up on your money. Like you check up on your Instagram. Okay. (laughs) I love it. Because very often, like how often do you really look at your bank account? And if you're dating someone, would you be texting them like once a month only because bills are due? No, you wouldn't. You care. Like it's your best friend. It's your lover. It's, you know, whoever, like you want to check up on them. And I would say at the beginning daily, even if it doesn't feel comfortable, even if the numbers are in red, we all been there. It's okay. But it's like, hey, I'm, I'm here. 
I want to work on this. This is what you're telling the universe. I'm mm-hmm. being responsible. Universe is not going to give you something you cannot handle. Remember that. Mm-hmm. So if you cannot handle, you know, like $100 rent numbers or thousands, whatever it is, how do you want to move forward if you're ignoring it? So those would be like the the three biggest steps. Oh my gosh. There's been so much value in this conversation. Thank you so much. I've never thought of it that way. Like even just the relationship and take your money on a date. Like this is such really enlightening. So thank you, my dear. Absolutely. It was so much fun, girl. Like you and me, we could talk for hours and hours and hours and your energy is just like off the roof. Uh, where can people find you if anybody wants to reach out? So my favorite place, it's on Instagram, just my name, Petya Kolibova, and I know you will spell it for them because they will be like, P what? <laughs> P what? It's in the show notes, don't worry, guys. So uh, Petya Kolibova on Instagram or my website is the same thing. I also have a free Facebook group for women. It's close Facebook group, Unapologetically Abundant Women. And I'm doing trainings there, like weekly trainings. And the best part, I have a guest speakers who are freaking incredible, like human design, astrology, health, so many like different that I don't know enough about and I'm fascinated. I bring people. So those are my favorite places to hang out. Oh, I absolutely love it. And that's what I love with this space too. It's like anything that I'm genuinely curious about or anybody who genuinely I'm like, hey, there's something about her. I got to bring you on. It's like you get to bring people into your world and then, you know, share it and pass it forward. I love that. It's, It's beautiful the time we live in when we look at it this way. Yes. Well, thank you, my dear. I'm so, so grateful that we connected. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I love your work in the world. So keep shining love. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All of Petya's contact info is in our show notes. Definitely don't be shy. Go reach out to her if there's anything you wanted to talk about or anything that really pulled you today. And if you love today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Screenshot it right now and go and tag Petya Kolibova and Samantha Roberto so we can see your biggest takeaways. On that note, you guys, we are so excited because next week we have another incredible episode for you. But if you're looking for more right now, you got to go tune into last week's episode with Ashley Brandsetter, her story. She went from minus $54 in her bank account to having a multiple six-figure business all because of basically sharing her breaking point. It is so freaking powerful. So go tune into that one if you haven't already, and we will see you next Thursday. Until then, keep being you, be beautiful.